0: Welcome to episode number 93 of the Pitcher Bet Sports Podcast. On today's episode, while we're recording, we got breaking Major League Baseball news. Will we come to a verbal agreement while we record this podcast late? on the last day of February. And then, we're deep into the NBA season. It's almost time for playoffs. We got to talk about James Harden's first two games with the Philadelphia 76ers. One dark horse team in the East that you really need to watch out for that nobody's really talking about right now. And then, we finally get to put the Los Angeles Lakers to sleep. Who's to blame for the troubles? They got blown out by 30 last night against the New Orleans Pelicans. Matt and I have our thoughts. Then, we are going to move on to, to the NFL we have our debate between the top five running backs in the National Football League who we want as our starting running backs coming in the next 2022-2023 season What's up, everyone? Thank you so much for joining. I'm your host, Matt Guest. With me out in Las Vegas, Nevada, is my co-host, best co-host on the planet, Matt Morris. What's up, pal? How you doing?
1: What's good, everybody? Yeah, just chilling today, man. It's uh, kind of that bear season, right? We should be having spring training starting, I think, this week. It ain't happening. So uh, that's a little disappointing. I, As you know, if you listen to this, I'm a much bigger baseball fan than really anything else um but dude we had some news that's a big yeah
0: news. yeah uh the legend himself bob nightingale uh if you don't give him a follow on twitter you might as well i think i saw his twitter account move up from under 300 000 to i think he's at like 316 now he is breaking news left and right out of jupiter florida where they're having negotiations about major league baseball about getting this season underway and you know, some pretty significant talking points. The rumor is one thing that they have agreed on is that they're going to go to a 12 team playoff right now. They have a 10 team playoff. So basically adding one more team from each, uh, from the NL and one team from the AL. So, I mean, nothing crazy, but you know, it's coming down to money at the end of the day. The players want a significant amount of money for their younger players in these short uh, in these uh, rookie contracts, and then the owners, they're being honestly in my opinion really selfish. They just don't want to cough up the cash in this next agreement. So, Matt, before we talk about the money here, what what do you think about them agreeing to the playoffs here? Is that a big deal? I think it's going to make it more exciting, yeah.
1: The main thing about most sports, uh, baseball, basketball, right, I think football aside, because football is is widely viewed in the regular season, people, you know, enjoy watching it, we turn in for the playoffs, you know, I, I know right. from a basketball perspective, I really don't watch a lot of games until the playoffs, baseball, I watch a lot of regular season, but I'm an avid, avid baseball fan. So I know a lot of people that are like, ah, oh, you know, baseball season, whatever playoffs happen it's playoff sports you watch it playoff hockey i'll watch it because you know it's playoffs like you're watching the best teams actually compete at what you would hope would be 100 i think adding that six team to each league is really big i think it's big for the revenue part of major league baseball and more importantly i think it's big for the exposure what this is going to do is it's going to allow that kind of that threshold team that's just making their way up to make the playoffs now and usually those teams kind of rely on younger players right or some guys that are a little scrappier and you want to showcase that to the world you want to give major league baseball the best exposure possible so that more fans can be drawn to the sport i think this would be a really good step forward moving towards the next collective bargaining agreement in which hopefully rob manford is not a part of to <laughs> really no but seriously to really oh, yeah, start he's kind been of doing bad yeah you know bringing that youth movement to the game and bringing that excitement back to baseball you know it's, it's really sad the joke's with this lockout being being on and steroid testing kind of being put at a halt because there's no agreement, there's no technically a league contract right now, is that you know the best case scenario for baseball is that everybody juices up right now and it's like how sad is that how is how sad is it that we have to have steroids and drugs in the game to make it exciting because we've allowed this sport to slip so far down I do think adding that six team will really help for the exposure um, and it'll help for the money so hopefully come next agreement when the players association comes to the table and says hey we want more money they can look back and say we gave you. More games. We gave you more playoff baseball, more TV exposure. Now it's time to give us money. And I I don't think they have anything in place at the moment that can really push that envelope. So the money part is going to be very difficult.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting about the steroid comment that you made there, too, and if people are actually being serious about that. So, yeah, sure. It was more entertaining. I guess, right? But at the end of the day, do you really want in 15 more years to have this bullshit that we have going on right now where we have a Hall of Fame that the best players from the steroid era aren't getting in? Like it, That's just how it is. It doesn't seem like any of them are going to get in. The guy who leads the MLB in all-time home runs will not be in the Hall of Fame because of the use of illegal drugs, right, For, um, for baseball. So, yeah, if that's the league that we really want to go to, Let's change it to, you know, the XLB, right? Just let's let's go all, all or nothing, right? Let's turn this into the WWE, you know, make it a total showmanship thing and just have dudes super juiced, throwing 110 miles an hour, like putting their lives on the line for 162 games. Um, it is kind of a little bit ludicrous, but I think the extra playoff game will be fun. Does that mean... A, I'm trying to think of how that would work. So does that mean like they'll do like what the NBA does with the play-in tournament then? Will there be two wild-card games? Will that help go? Or do you think they'll just pair everyone up one against six, um, two against five, three, four, and just start off the playoffs like that with five-game series?
1: So I see two things. The first option is kind of how how I'm hoping, and it's what you just alluded to. Pair them up, one through six. Three-game series, first round, right?
0: Three-game series? Three-game series. (laughs) Because you
1: got to think about it. If I'm the number one seed right? I'm the number one seed. You knock me out in one game. Maybe, maybe you've got Corbin Burns and you're the sixth seed and he goes out there, pitches eight innings, one hit, 12 strikeouts. You know, you, you, you sacrifice, squeeze a run. Josh Hader comes in. You beat me one to zero. I'm pissed. I just want to no, know. No. So, so
0: this is what I'm thinking. No, no, no. So I'm thinking six plays five winner of that plays four. And then they go into that. Um, the, the normal playoff seeding, right? Where the, the winner of those two wild card games or that one wild card game ends up playing the number one seed. So now they've depleted, say they are that six seed, they've depleted both of their best starting pitcher or both of their, you know, their best tactics, uh, for lack of a better way of explaining it. So then they do come in a wounded soldier. So it then gives that number one seed kind of a, a very big advantage, actually, in baseball, because pitching matters the most. That's more what I'm thinking, not necessarily. A one game like like how you just propose it i was thinking more like how the nba play it uh playoffs do it right now
1: well yeah and that would be my that would be my second option right you do you place five and six it's a one game playoff for the number one wild card team gets a gets two days off right five and six play whoever wins moves on to play four again you know you guys play determining you know home field advantage based on that four seed and then after that you go into seeding but i i like option one a little bit better three game series you know, the Dodgers last year would play maybe the Mets. It uh, would have been the it no,
0: it was the uh, the Giants uh, were the number one seed. I forget who was the team after the Dodgers in the wild card last year that just missed Cardinals. It was the Cardinals. Cardinals yep. made it. Cardinals, exactly. but they made
1: it. Anyways, point hmm. being, like I, I think what you do for baseball in that that factor is one should not lose to six. It's a three game series. If six can beat one, you beat one. It, it is what it is at that point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you would the, think
0: you would think one would have two, if not three aces correct. that could go out there and correct and run them down in two of those three games or all three of the games. It's a home series for that one seed, right? Yep. Like you get every home game. Yep. Um, That would be kind of rough with the three, four matchup. But I I, I like where you're, I, I see where your head's at. It would be fun. I think it'd be entertaining either way. Baseball, like those wildcard games are always more exciting because it's it's all or nothing. It's Garrett Cole getting fucking thrown out in the first inning because he choked and Red mm-hmm. Sox fans are chanting his name and they're you know like that's just that's the magic of baseball and that's where you pull in like you were saying with all of this, the casual fans or you get that younger crowd in because that's like you I, you watch a nine inning game when it's like that.
1: Well, and there's a flip side to that too, right? You play 162 games to have your best pitcher go out and choke. Season's over. Right. Like, yeah, I think it's very hard to continue to promote the game of baseball when the Yankees get knocked out, when Garrett Cole has a bad game. It's almost negative press. Right. But okay, Yankees lose game one. They have two more games while they have to play, you know, in, say, Tampa. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a chance to rebound. And I just think overall it would be better. It'd be better for the underdog underdog story too. Look at March Madness. Look at the NBA. For the most part, the number one seed still has to play the eighth seed in the NBA, right? There isn't necessarily a bye before the play-in tournament. All the (laughs) seeding has bye. So at the end of the day, football would be the last sport remaining that gives your number one team a bye. And honestly, if we look into the 2025 season, I wouldn't be surprised if we expand the NFL playoffs as well. And all of a sudden now, number one seed, there is no more bye right like this is all about money it's all about, about the cash like, you're right. all yeah. about the cash but i think make it a three-game series give these guys you know a great shot make the underdog as a six seed who probably doesn't have much business being in the playoff most years let's be honest a shot to knock off a goliath you know i think last year would have been the first year where it's like damn the giants have to play the six seed like they probably lose this series because we knew we always felt the same way about the giants last year like they were overperforming but if it were the dodgers you know, say, versus the, we'll just say the Pirates. Crazy example for two, three years from now. That would be amazing. The whole country would be rooting for the Pirates to win two of those three games in L.A. What a story.
0: Yeah, speaking of the playoffs and that playing tournament, man, so we had one of the bigger matchups of the NBA season, you know, it's still the beginning of March here. So we're just rounding into playoff form. But the Miami Heat played the Chicago Bulls tonight, the night that we're recording. And I really just wanted to check this game out more or less for for the eye test, Matt. And those are the top two teams in the Eastern Conference right now. But all anyone can keep talking about is our Milwaukee Bucks or the James Harden, Joel Embiid pairing, and obviously the Nets. So People are really overlooking these two teams. Miami was just in the finals in the bubble two years ago, and they picked up Kyle Lowry, and I think they're a real contender. They went out, and it was at home, but, dude, they spanked the Bulls, and the Bulls have been hot. I've been banging the drum for DeMar DeRozan MVP. I'm still not going to stop, but I think people need to put some respect on the Miami Heat, bro. Jimmy Butler's a leader. Kyle Lowry's a champion. And that kid Tyler Hero is not bad coming off the bench. They got Bam out of bio. I think Eric Spoelstra is a top five coach in the NBA. I think if you're a better like myself, right? I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go to the finals, man. Right now, I put a sprinkle. I got a flyer at plus 500 for them to win the East. So pretty solid value. They're the fourth big or fourth uh least odds to win come out of the east three teams are ahead of them and they're plus a thousand for the championship i didn't feel bullish enough to bet them there but i could see the heat if they can clamp down on defense and get anybody to contribute on offense um I-, I could see them coming out of the east i really could they're a good team man
1: well yeah and the heat beat up on the bucks to start this season i think that's my big issue with the heat though is we see these amazing performances we see them dominate the upper tier of that eastern conference But at the end of the day, if you look at that roster, you know, there's still a few holes that I'm a little bit uncertain of, right? You've got Lowry and you've got Butler. So you've got some mid-tier shooters. Hero, you know, if he's on, you'd consider him an elite level shooter. Sure. Um, Who's the kid that they signed to that big contract this offseason? Duncan Robinson. Yeah, he was on the team in the bubble too. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, there's some pieces that I like a lot, but there isn't that number one superstar like Brooklyn or Milwaukee has. Uh, I definitely think they have a better supporting cast, but come playoff time, it's about the superstars. Jimmy Butler, obviously, the last couple of years has played well, but he's also had a few dud games. I think his, like, 50-point performance in the playoffs a few years ago is still very memorable. I'm not solo on Miami Heat. I don't watch as much basketball as you. I still think from a from a Heat fan perspective and an NBA fan perspective, you got to go through Brooklyn. It's not even about Milwaukee anymore. I agree. It's about about Brooklyn. What Kyrie Irving did to the Milwaukee Bucks the other night, single-handedly mopped the floor with them, just shows you that this is a superstar-driven league. And come playoff time, the Miami Heat have to stop not only Kyrie, but Kevin Durant. And we're going to talk about some of the other guys here in a little bit, but... That team is no joke. South Curry, Drummond, they're playing well together. They may have lost the trade long term, but what they've acquired for this season might just be enough to push them over the hump. And I just don't see the pieces from Miami being able to knock them off. You would need Robinson and Hero to shoot very efficiently in the playoffs, and you would have to have Butler and Lowry regain and continue to perform at their all-star slash peak levels of their entire careers. And you need Bam, you need to step up from Bam. There's a lot of things that I I need to see from Miami before I crown them the East champion. But, man, if there's anyone that can beat Brooklyn, you might be right. I might actually take the heat over Milwaukee this season.
0: Yeah, well, my big thing is that I think they match up defensively. I agree. I they their issue is on offense, but Butler's shown to star in the in the playoffs. But last year he last year they played bad. But I honestly like, and I gave the Lakers this excuse. I thought they were just tired, man. You know, like they were that bubble was a lot. They were in there for a long time. The shortened season, you know, they had a ton of injuries. So I give them a flyer. But hey, they also have PJ Tucker, and not that PJ Tucker dominated kd by any sense of the imagination not that he even stopped him, but he was a factor into getting milwaukee a few wins against the nets in those middle games you know the game threes the game fours but i totally agree with you dude at the end of the day if kyrie's healthy if kd's healthy it's all about the nets bro like i I, there's kyrie is so good i tweeted it out too man like he does something to Drew Holiday when they play. Like, it's something you're not going to see on the stat sheet. So, like, I'll just be upfront: Like, Kyrie did, shot like 40% against Holiday. I saw the bullshit. He puts fear into Drew Holiday's eyes, and Drew turns the ball over, makes bad decisions, tries to be a little more selfish than he normally is. Kyrie just asserts his dominance. He is the best scoring point guard in the game right now off the dribble from the perimeter inside mid-range and drew knows he doesn't have an answer for him and drew holiday on defense is the heartbeat of that Milwaukee Bucks team. So I agree with you. If Kyrie is healthy, I I think it does go through Brooklyn. We're going to get to the trade here in a second, but I I, you're spot on with that. Well, and the last
1: thing I'm going to add about that is, you know, they talk about defense winning championships. I think that's why Milwaukee won that championship last year, but the the reason i talk about superstars in the especially in the nba playoffs it's because an incredible superstar like kyrie irving generational talent put all the oh, mental yeah. health aside all oh, the drama yeah. aside he makes drew holiday look bad and drew holiday <laughs> probably the best guard defender in the nba you know if not the best top 5 and it's within you know fractions of a difference sure. to have a guy like kyrie irving that is just so much better Miami's got to not only play against him, Milwaukee's got to play against him. You've also got the best player in the NBA on the bench hurt right now. Like it, right. it's just mind boggling to think it's no, it's no wonder why James Harden didn't fit there. You've already got two hall of famers that are maybe one, two when they're hot in the league, right?
0: Oh, hundred percent. And dude, you and I like the whole last postseason, doing the pod, like we didn't feel good. We didn't think they were beating Brooklyn, even without Kyrie man. And uh, being honest Kevin Durant's big toe saved the Bucks season yeah Kevin Durant beat the Bucks. he yeah. was literally just probably the size of my thumb too far on that fucking line so it is what it is All right. Moving on to the Brooklyn Nets even more here. So we're about a week into the James Harden experiment. They've played two games. Him and Embiid have just been dominant, to say the least. They're both getting to the line better. Harden is playing at his all star level. And I'll be the first one to say, man, if Harden is if Harden's healthy, if he's got his mind right, he's 100 percent a top five player in the league. Joel Embiid has catapulted himself into the best player in the league conversation. So he's top five in my eyes. And any team with two top five players is an elite playoff championship contender to me. Their bench is lacking, which is going to be an issue going down the stretch. But basically what I want to say, and I'm buying into the hype after two games, man, and I know a lot could happen. Feelings could get hurt. Personal shit could happen. Injuries, obviously. But if you get that James Harden in the playoffs with Joel Embiid, I don't care what anyone says, they won the trade. I think those guys are going to be able to carry them to the next level. I think we just talked about it's going to be tough for the Heat. I think Harden and Embiid, I probably take, just starting five-wise, I probably take them over Kyrie and KD. Just because I think Embiid is taking that jump and when Harden's on, man, he's 25 and 10. No problem. I think he like he he's he's an amazing player. And I think you lose that good of a player from Brooklyn, you lose the trade in my eyes.
1: Man, this is hard. I disagree with you here. Um and I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it from this year and next year, okay? Sure. I think what Brooklyn was able to acquire with Seth Curry and Andre Drummond might just be enough to overcome what you just said is the Embiid and Harden pairing. Because I don't know that I disagree with you. I would love to say that I do think Durant and Kyrie are better than those two, but it's hard when you see uh, Embiid taking that evolutional step into, like you said, the MVP classification. Very good, yeah. But they did take a lot of really big assets away from the Sixers in that trade. I think Seth and I think Andre are very good players. I think what they're going to do is they're going to make... Um, Bam Adebayo and Giannis Antetokounmpo's life very hard in the playoffs. Drummond's a good defender, great rebounder, right? Like, yes, he's a little bit slow at times, but he's still an absolute clog in that lane. Yeah. On top of possibly making Embiid's life a little bit more difficult, right? These are all things that are, are have to happen properly for Brooklyn. Drummond's got to be the guy there. Now, with that also being said, Seth Curry, since he's gone to Brooklyn, is doing the exact same things he did while he was in Philly. Uh, I'm going to read you a few stats here on Curry. He's shooting 19.2 points per game with a 47.4% from three. Again, that's only a few games. I think Seth right. has played in three games.
0: I think uh, three, but he was yeah. shooting
1: he was shooting at 40% from for the Sixers as well. That's a huge asset. You're talking about having to defend Kyrie and Durant. And you, you know, Seth is going to be open and he's probably going to hit the three. So I wanna say that right now, I do view Brooklyn as winning this trade, at least for this season. My big kicker here is. What do we even get from Ben Simmons, right? Because that's
0: the thing, right? It,
1: it's a complete toss-up. You, you just don't know. I mean, Harden against Minnesota, 27 points, five for seven from three, eight rebounds, 12 assists, right? It's Minnesota. New York, sure, 29 course, points, yeah. three for seven, 10 boards, uh, 16 assists, and five steals. Now, that is what you said, effort given to the game. I want to see that every single game from, uh, from Harden, But do we get that same James Harden in the playoffs when you're not playing New York and you are playing Miami? Right. right? I want to see I want to see Harden top five the rest of the season. But I just don't have enough, you know, courage to say he's he's going to be that guy against teams that are way better than
0: New York. Sure. No, no, no. That's a valid point. I totally get it. And that's why I'm saying I'm buying into the hype because it is hype, right? It's two Mm -hmm. games like I'm I'm not. I, I totally understand. That's the situation. Um, but with that being said, like Drummond, to be honest, can't hold Embiid's drop strap at this point anymore. And on top of that, I don't think Seth Curry wins them the game, them as in the Brooklyn Nets, right? I, I, I just think like Harden takes them. To, the, the, no one, those guys on the 76ers didn't scare you. They don't necessarily scare me either in Brooklyn what scares you is that they get to play with KD and Kyrie, right? Like that's obviously the part that scares you. Um, Whereas Harden, like I just think, I think he's going back to Houston Harden, bro where he's putting up 35, 10, 15, you know, he's getting his steals. And this is his moment. Like, I think this is the defining moment of James Harden's career. And that's why I have so much confidence that they've won this trade because I don't think James Harden can let his legacy go one more offseason without an NBA Finals appearance. I really don't. I think this is going to be the peak James Harden that we've ever seen in his career. And if it isn't, his legacy's done, in my opinion. So that's why I have so much confidence that the 76ers won this trade. Because if Embiid stays healthy, bro, and I I don't like the Sixers. I'm wearing my Bucks hat. I'm a Bucks fan. Like, so mm-hmm. I but I want to see them healthy. I want to see them make a run because what I'm seeing from them in two games and what I know Harden can do, bro, that they they might be the best combo since Shaq and Kobe like that's the potential I have for them. That's a lot, but I it, like it's re- I think it's realistic.
1: Yeah. Um I'm not going to agree with that. Um we're going to see. Uh, I'm just gonna, we, we are I'm excited to see what <laughs> happens because I think and I know you are 100% correct. This is the defining season for James Harden. And you're right. If he can't make the finals, if he can't win with an MVP Straight caliber up. center and Harden's a way better shooter than Kobe. I don't don't, don't care where the arguments are. He may not be the same, you know. uh, He may not have the same ability to drive to the rim that Kobe had, or you know, create as much spacing as Kobe did. James Harden is a drop dead better shooter than Kobe. Um, Now, Embiid maybe not as physically talented as Shaq, but maybe a overall better presence in the post at times. Um, I still revert back to last postseason. Durant and Kyrie were going to cook the Bucks. You're going to cook them alive. <laughs> Durant Harden, I know, bad hamstring. Not the same. And maybe the, the proper pairing was Kyrene and Kevin Durant, right? Maybe the proper pairing is James Harden and Joel Embiid. I, as a Bucks fan, personally hope we see an Eastern Conference Finals, <laughs> seven games between these two. Because I want to see James Harden rise to that next year. I want to stop talking shit about James Harden. Same. But as of right now, I can't. What, I've had 10 <laughs> years to watch this guy fail 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 everything he's done failure you know like all the mvp conversations all the great performances if you can't get your team to the to the promised land what are we doing here that's the whole point of the sport so we will find out this season i really do hope we have that eastern conference finals because i i want to know myself you know who's right me or
0: you All right man, last basketball topic of the pod today is uh we got to tip our cap, say good night, say goodbye. The dream that was the 2021-2022 Los Angeles Lakers has now officially been dead. The Lakers are done. They've woke up. The nightmare is officially over because they they're not they're not winning shit. LeBron knows, Genie Bus knows, the boys know. And it was funny, Colin Coward came out on his show today and said, basically said that this year is on LeBron. And Colin said that they had the deal in ink ready to go for Buddy Heal to go to the Los Angeles Lakers. Instead, allegedly, LeBron said, nope, I want to play with Westbrook. This is the pairing that I want. And basically, Nolan void that contract. The rest is history, right? Kuzma, KCP, Montrez Harrell go to Washington. They get uh, Russell Westbrook and basically a bunch of older assets. The Lakers are trash. They lose by 30 to the New Orleans Pelicans last night. But Matt, I, I don't necessarily blame LeBron James for the season. Yeah, maybe it was his roster construction. Yeah, maybe he was the one who made all these decisions on bringing Carmelo in and making this kind of like the boys club in L.A. But LeBron's done his part on the court. He's played, he's, he's played like a top five player in the league. He's old, he's in like his 20th season, 19th, 20th season, still playing it at an MVP level. Who I blame is Anthony Davis, dude. Where have you been? I was ready at the end of last season to put Davis in my top five and say LeBron can't be a top five player because he's not even the best player on his team. And that's what Davis was for a good stretch of his career as a Laker thus far. But when he's healthy, and yes, I know he's been hurt a lot, he has been, in my opinion, the most disappointing player in all of basketball this year, and he's let the Lakers down. He's let LeBron down, Genie Buss down, because he was supposed to be the superstar. It was his time to take the reins, take the control of the ship and be the superstar that we were all expecting him to be like he was in the bubble and i know he's been hurt a lot and i'm not bashing him for that but his t- his play on the court has been unacceptable and i don't put this year on lebron I, I actually put it on the young star that is davis
1: well and you, you attach young to that at what point do we strip away young and we just stay veteran right yeah. i know he's still under 30 if i have to do a little research i, I will but yeah i'll check it Young isn't is young isn't the word we can use for him, but I will agree with you. And I won't put it on his performance on the court. I'll put it on the acquisition of Anthony Davis. I know that they won a championship. Now the problem with that championship is it's being called into question as being, you know, the phony baloney bubble championship, which Mickey I Mickey Mouse. I, the Mickey yeah. Mouse championship, but I do believe it was legitimate. You know, every team had to go through the same process there. But the point I'm trying to make here about Anthony Davis is this is what happens when you trade for an elite level player. You mortgage your future for that player, and it doesn't work out to have a five-year window you expected. You know, you had really one season, which was the Mickey Mouse Championship. (laughs) Outside of that, he's been hurt. It's been underperforming. It's been, you know, a continuous revolving door of players coming in and out. LeBron trying to build this roster. But now you're left with what? One draft pick in 2027? I mean, it's it's ridiculous what this team has for assets. What are you going to do this offseason? Where do you even move Russ? What do you pair with Russ, right? You need to go out and get a kid that can score and can score pretty willingly. That was DeRozan. Well, you didn't sign DeRozan. You allowed him to go to Chicago, and now he's an MVP caliber player. The player you needed in Chicago, Anthony Davis, that trade that they made how many years back? Five years ago?
0: Not even. I think it was about three and a half years ago.
1: Three and a half years ago, you gave up a lot of assets. You've been giving away draft picks ever since. The construction of this team, it's devastating. When LeBron leaves, whether it's next year or the year after, this team's going to have a rebuilding window of like seven years. You know Who's going to want to go play in LA with a LeBron-less team? Anthony Davis, who's an old man on probably still a max contract. And ultimately, is Russ still there or not? Because I'm thinking now at this offseason, you're going to have to pair things together just to get his contract off the team.
0: Yeah, I mean I think you have to, right? Or I mean we I was I'm on the record on the pod saying you have to trade Davis now. Right. Or combo Russell and Davis. But the problem is you're going to have to pick up another bad aging contract from some other NBA player. Like, you know, for example, they the the ones that come up all the time are Beal and John Wall shit. Like, do you trade Russ for fucking Gordon Hayward? Right. Who's just as injured all the time, but provides value when he's healthy. You know, there's a lot of different options out there, but they're not immaculate. (laughs) This
1: is actually well, cuz I got a few names that we could move for Russ. Okay, and let's hear him. you brought up Gordon Hayward who is on the Hornets, correct? I want to make correct. sure I don't sound like a total idiot here. Okay. Um I like Miles Bridges, sign and trade. I think I think he's a restricted free agent. I mean, that would be an, amaz- that'd be an
0: amazing upgrade, you know. He's actually correct. been one of the most most improved uh, players in the NBA this year.
1: Correct. So, if there's any way that you could contact the Hornets and get Bridges and get Hayward Without moving Davis, I'm talking every asset you have left, you know, pick swaps, everything. You've got one more run with LeBron. You put Bridges, you put Monk, and then you also add, you know, Hayward, LeBron, and Davis. That's a team that actually can win. You sign a couple guys off the street for that veteran minimum that want to play with LeBron like he's done his entire career. But the problem is those assets. What do you have to pair with Russell to actually go out and get a guy like Bridges? Do you even have enough, right? Do you have to take on Hayward in order to make something like that happen? Another name, I think I think Sexton from Cleveland. You know, I again, I don't know that this team being young would take Russell Westbrook because probably a liability to the chemistry and the creation that they've had from their own roster construction. Yeah, But Sexton would also be, you know, a, a shot creator, a guy that's a playmaker, similar to Westbrook. You know, Westbrook's averaging four turnovers per game, which is pretty bad, but Sexton's younger provides more value into that window when LeBron is gone
0: yeah I don't I think the Hayward's a lot more realistic especially with the more Michael Jordan ties and Russ Westbrook I know uh, Westbrook and Jordan have a pretty good relationship that backcourt of LaMelo Ball Terry Rozier and uh, <laughs> and Russ Westbrook would be uh, comical to say the least that's for sure and even Terry Rozier right like he he could be a guy he's got a pretty big contract over there too but at the end of the day, these guys that you're going to bring over are they're not winning you a championship. And I think that's the problem. And that's why LeBron's getting a lot of flack from guys like Coward and and rightfully so. You know, he definitely does. But at the end of the day, that's where I just go back to Davis is like Davis cannot be an afterthought. It's like LeBron and AD. Yeah, absolutely. You can surround three average to above average NBA players. And they are title contenders right now. You can't say that, and it's not because of LeBron. It's because of AD, and that's my point.
1: Well, and coward can shove it. I mean, Buddy Hield <laughs> makes you a championship contender with a, off, with the Colin. top
0: five AD. Sure, Colin. Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, but no, Buddy Hield right sucks. Yeah, I you know <laughs> what I mean. Like he, yes, maybe he's a little better with LeBron and AD, but like. I get where LeBron was coming from. You know the the Russell Westbrook experiment didn't work. It just yeah. di- and it didn't work because you know Russ is having a bad season. AD's having a bad season. Like there's a lot of pieces that go into play there. But you're right, man. This is all on Anthony Davis like he's you talked about him being a top five player this offseason right you were I went to bat the for him drum. yeah you hard. For him. I look like an idiot now I mean no he's hurt yeah but, know, but like come but on this is what happens when you know you you go from top five to outside the top 20 is that fair right like is he, that I
0: mean you could you could make the argument this season 100 yeah, percent yeah absolutely yeah
1: so I mean I, I just don't know what the, and I, I'm not a Laker fan I like LeBron I've loved LeBron since he came up um, I just think this is hilarious because I'm looking at this <laughs> 10 year window and I'm like, you guys are screwed. You're screwed. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. there's no one coming to save you. There's no draft pick that you can get. Yeah, sure. You're maybe your second rounder, you know, 52nd overall will be the next Michael Jordan. Good luck.
0: Yep. In three seasons, LeBron has put the Lakers in a way worse spot than Kobe Bryant ever did when the Lakers gave him his legacy contract and he made the lakers bad for a while and just to think bro that they did make all the right decisions but they were in too much of a win now scenario once they got lebron bro they had julius Randle, they had brandon ingram they had lonzo ball they have all these guys that would be the perfect fit to surround your team with but you had to make the big splash trade for davis right understandably you had to give away all those assets had to make the big trade to get Russell Westbrook. You lose Caruso over it. You lose all the assets that you sent over to Washington. And it was a gamble. And at the end of the day, they, they fucking missed bad.
1: Well, they won a championship. You know what I mean? When we look back on sports in I, 50 yeah. years. Yeah. No, but seriously, in 50 years. Yeah, you're years, right. Like, yeah. You're going to look back to that that season, that COVID season with the bubble and say they still won the championship. Yeah. And LeBron's and still going to lead. Yeah. And Dave and Davis has a ring. LeBron has another ring. Like they're getting a lot of flack right now, but they did their job. LeBron came to LA, won a championship in Florida. (laughs) right? And that's all that really matters. It just sucks because you're right. Stripping of all those assets, it leaves that team. It leaves that team dry and dead.
0: Last segment of the pod here, Matt and I are going to get into our NFL rankings. So just to let everyone know, we will have our NFL draft series on our Thursday episode. We're going to be going over five of the top running backs coming into this 2022 NFL draft class. We're super excited. We're already on the tape discussing it on the phone today. So we thought today on the episode to end it, let's debate our top five NFL running backs right now in the NFL. Um, We're going to go over our list. We're pretty similar with the guys that we have, um, just in a different order. So, Matt, I'll let you run through your list really quickly. I'll run through my list really quickly, and then we can uh, discuss and debate after.
1: Yeah, let's do it. So I'm going to take the same approach I took with our quarterback class. Uh, I am going to take the idea of who I want going into the 2022 season, kind of stripping aside all of what they've done in their careers, solely focusing on their current talent uh number one overall derrick henry i think that's a unanimous lock here on the podcast hopefully we'll see (laughs) number two i have jonathan taylor breakout season we're talking about a guy that can stay healthy unbelievable production he's coming in over christian mccaffrey who i have number three and christian mccaffrey if you listen to our podcast you have one more season if you do not stay healthy you're never cracking my top five (laughs) ever again you're dead (laughs) But right now you come in at number three. I think your overall playmaking ability, the ability for you to ultimately make that Panthers team a 4-0 starting team. Holy cow. Uh, Nick Chubbs coming in at number four and my number five to finish it off is Alvin Kamara.
0: Yep. So my criteria for the running backs is actually the same as yours. The reason I don't necessarily take in career accolades nor the longevity is at the end of the day. Um, the running back position doesn't hold up that same weight, or no running back really in the NFL outside of Henry holds up that weight. Like a quarterback for my example it was Russell Wilson in the top five where you kind of dismiss that because of your point that we made on the last podcast so my list is going to start with Derrick Henry I think this one isn't much of a question he's the best running back in the NFL he's the most dominant uh, three down back that we have you can give him the ball 30 to 50 times a game and his durability is unlike anything we've seen minor hiccup this year but I'm not worried about it second I'm still going to run with Christian McCaffrey in my number two spot I think when healthy, and I agree with you, same thing. If he's out again this year, I'm fucking done with him. If he misses <laughs> you know, more than a quarter of the season again, like I, I am done with him, and I will rank him accordingly. But I will give him one last shot because I truly believe he's the most valuable non-quarterback in all the NFL when he's 100% healthy, and the numbers are pretty undeniable there. The third, I am actually going to put Alvin Kamara uh Kamara and it's the same reason with McCaffrey I believe his value outweighs a Jonathan Taylor I will see and it's going to be on display this year it it was in this past season but he was a little banged up I think he provides that overall three down back that value every single game for a team with a lesser quarterback so we'll see like this will these two will be um uh very well judged throughout this NFL season between these CMC, Kamara and JT JT. I have at number four breakout season, Wisconsin guy. We love him. Had the best season out of any running back this past season. It can't go ignored. His rookie season can't go ignored. He's gotten rid of the fumbling issues that he had in college, which are terrible. Um, so I have Taylor at four. And then I think this one's not really much of a negotiation. We talked about it on the phone. And let's start with this guy, man. Nick Chubb, bro. I know we have him down here as number five. I know he has injury issues. But as I was telling you, and I, and I believe this isn't bullshit. This isn't just saying for the pod. I think he may be the best runner of the football in the NFL. His awareness at the line of scrimmage, his breakaway speed in conjunction with his overall strength. I think is unmatched in the NFL. His big problem is literally every single season he's played, he's been hurt. But when he's out there, God, is he dynamic, man. So Nick Chubb comes in at five.
1: Yeah, I I love Nick Chubb. Um, you said it best. You know, He's always going to have a couple game hiccups where he's hurt. But let's really look at that Cleveland Browns team. And, and if you think about it from a roster construction, Jarvis Landry, formerly Odell Beckham, right? You have Kareem Hunt out there. You have Baker Mayfield. Who do you really think about as their lead offensive guy? I at least think it's Nick Chubb, right? Everything that's gone on with all the drama, with all the lack of success, with all the lack of production, Nick Chubb has been the guy that continuously, week in, week out, puts Cleveland in a position to at least have a chance to win the game. It's always been Nick Chubb. That offense runs through him. He's been a workhorse. So I think that's probably why some of the injuries are there. And secondly, with that, we're going to talk about this in our draft series on Thursday. But Nick Chubb also in college didn't have as much wear and tear as some of these other guys coming out into the league right now, like Derrick Henry. He did get to share time with Sonny Michelle. I think maybe that's one of the big reasons we see that continuous injury injury knock on him. But if you're talking about Nick Chubb in the top five, I absolutely fully agree. I I think any given season, this kid, if he plays 16, 17 games, could go off for 2,000 yards. I really do believe in Nick Chubb. Uh, the only thing I would like to see, kind of like Kamara and CMC, I'd like to see a little bit more in the passing game. I think Kareem Hunt kind of have stifled that development for his career. You know, having such a great pairing with uh, Hunt and Chubb is so beneficial for that that team. And that kind of brings me to my next point with Alvin Kamara. Well, there's a couple of guys on Thursday we're going to talk about coming up in this draft that absolutely need to be paired with him. Alvin Kamara is going to be the only weapon that we are absolutely sure of on that Saints team next year is going to be productive. We don't know who Michael Thomas is going to be. We don't know Same if James is, be is coming dude, back. <laughs> we don't know if Taysom Mill's is going to be play tight, playing tight end or if he's going to be the punter. Um, so with Kamara being that focal point, he's going to have a lot more defensive mismatches coming his way. Efficiently, he's great. You know, you talk about him as probably the best efficient back in the nfl this season before the injuries um but i i need to see them pair him with somebody else we saw how well he did when he had mark ingram even when he had latavius murray right those few snaps that you can take off so that you can just be a little more fresh we need to see uh, alvin kamara have a partner in crime no pun intended (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah and and i i feel you there i just I, i'm still not there with jonathan taylor yet and that's it, this is you know picking straws here with these guys right like it's not this not that i don't like jt and once again wisconsin got dude, loved him since college but i personally would just ride with kamara over him honestly i just think what kamara can do and provide for you even as like a slot receiver i think he's the ultimate gadget back as well as christian mccaffrey which is why i have them Above Jonathan Taylor, and the only reason I don't have them above Derrick Henry is because I truly b- believe Derrick Henry is head and shoulders the best running back, and I've felt that way for two years now. Um, I'm a massive Derrick Henry guy, and just the what Kamara and CMC bring to the field every single game is just something that I think Jonathan can get to next year. Don't be surprised if you see his route tree extend this next season if you see him catching up to 50 to 70 balls unlike this last year because it's going to be a way to keep him around longer and keep him healthy because to your point he did take a lot of wear and tear at wisconsin he was a two thousand yard back three years in a row and you know obviously his first two years in the league he's been getting a lot of touches so i think i could see jt moving in front of a guy like alvin kamara next season 100 percent. i just personally think the asset that is kamara the asset that is cmc is just more valuable at this point than jonathan taylor but fuck man who knows kamara could only play 12 games again next year mccaffrey could only play like eight or nine games again next year and jt could have 2500 all-purpose yards go out for 16 17 games be productive be efficient don't fumble It won't be much of an argument that you have to take Taylor over Kamara. But at this point, um, I still have those. Those are why I like those two guys more.
1: Well, and you just sold my argument for how I did my rankings. Um, You know, if I were to have a draft, I'm starting an organization, a franchise, right? I'm going to be the Tacoma Mudcats. I'm probably (laughs) taking Alvin Kamara over Jonathan Taylor because I'm building my new team, right? But when I look at Jonathan Taylor and the Colts and that amazing offensive line, like he got so gifted. good, Quinn yeah. Nelson, Kelly at center, uh, get out of here. You better put up 1800 yards first and foremost, right. um, but he's lucky. He, he got, he got drafted to a good team and that's what happens when you're a second round running back. Right. But the reason I have Henry and Taylor one too, is because I know, I know what I'm getting from those teams. I'm getting playoff contenders, right? CMC on the Panthers. Don't, don't, don't disagree. Unbelievable player when healthy. He's on the fucking Panthers. Good God, that poor guy. Uh, and then you're talking about Kamara. We could be saying that about Kamara next offseason. Like, what do they say? Can they stay relevant? $75 million over the cap. Right. Ooh, who gets cut, right? So Kamara and CMC fall lower for me because I just know the environment that they're playing in. You said it best. I might get 12 games out of them. It's, it's their team. They are the best player, both. Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara on their football teams. Can we argue that?
0: I mean, not really. No, that's, that's sad. Especially, right? especially not in, in Carolina. I don't think anyone even, <laughs> who we got, you know, maybe Shaq Thompson, Shaq on Thompson defense. Yeah. um, like, more at receiver, oh, like, come on. Right. <laughs> uh, no, I totally agree. And that's where like the, the rumors of Russ Wilson may be going to Indy. Like if they could somehow land him, like he will fall onto your top five. Real yes, quick, I guarantee. I would, yes. I will I immediately move him. Because it's like, oh, wow, you have a line and a running game and it's halfway decent receivers. Yeah.
1: I think we could probably go out and like actually look productive in that offense, you know. just uh, yeah. Hide behind Quentin Nelson a little bit. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'd, I'd look just like my my boy from the uh, from from the Jets, Mike White, out there. You know, I could go put up one <laughs> big performance and then I'll throw six interceptions on Thursday Night Football when I bet on him. Obviously, honestly,
1: though, I might take Mike White over Carson Wentz. Like, <laughs> I just White I will never be able, and that's the thing too. Like, what does Taylor do with a better quarterback, right? Or just a quarterback that doesn't have as much ne- negative national press? Because I can't imagine they're going into the 2022 season in that war room thinking to themselves, "God, I'm so excited to have Carson Wentz." They've got to do everything. They're openly trying to bail on mm-hmm. him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so these rankings, you know, I think I'm glad we're doing them right now, but I think you know we'll redo these rankings com- rankings come football season, From
0: week one, probably. Yeah, yeah
1: and we'll maybe. Maybe Taylor stays at two for me. Maybe he moves down. You know, there's a lot that will change.
0: Well, everyone, we'll see you Thursday. NFL Draft Series Running Back Edition. As always, follow us to catch some of these clips, announcements, and more on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at PitcherBetPod. We will see you guys Thursday. Peace out.